Hi, I'm Carmen LaBerge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Inspiring you to bring God back into the conversation of the day. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. Again, we're leading off uh, this portion of today's program with the Where in the Word segment because I led off the first hour by, frankly, a roundup of just how cold it is across our listening audience and had people check in. So if you're just tuning in and you want to check in with us where you're listening from and just how cold it is where you are, you can do so on the text line. Text me at 877-933-2484. We have a listener who is... 30 below in, Paul, you're going to have to help me, O-U-L-U, Wisconsin. Yulu? Uh, I, O-L-U? I don't know. All right. Now, whoever texted from O-U-L-U, Wisconsin, needs to send us a pronunciation key. It always helps if you tell me what it rhymes with. That's that's kind of helpful for me. Rhymes with Ulu, rhymes with Hulu. I don't know. Maybe uh, it's yeah. Aulu. I bet maybe it's Aulu. Let's go with Aulu. Ulu. All right. Well, the people in Wisconsin are cold. Uh, Rosella uh, says that um, if I put some cardboard under my carpet, I'm going to be warmer and I might actually end up being uh, a true Minnesotan. Oh, Ulu rhymes with Hulu. Thank you so much. I love um, how interactive the text line is this morning. Keep those coming. So where in the word are you today? I'm in Philippians chapter four. These are some of my favorite verses. I mean, I have lots of favorite verses, but these are among them. This, this is uh, one of my list toppers, and I, uh, I love it when the Lord invites me back into these verses. So Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 to 9, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, Let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about, that's settle your mind, think about Settle your mind on these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, says Paul, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Let me encourage you to spend time today in God's Word. Philippians 4, 4 to 9 is a feast. Um, You can till the soil of this passage over and over and over and over again. I encourage you to do just that. Let the Word of God be sown in you so deeply that God is able then to produce a harvest of righteousness in you uh, for His own glory. All right, we're going to catch up with Dr. Jeff Barrows from the Christian Medical and Dental Association next. Seen the years and the slow parade of fear. 
Dr. Jeff Barrows is here from the Christian Medical and Dental Association. But Jeff, you might have to uh, give me just a moment to respond to um, the Finnish pronunciation keys that are being sent to me over the text line in relationship <laughs> to the pronunciation of the town in Wisconsin that at least <laughs> some people now think I mispronounced. There you go. If I've offended you this morning in any way, uh, forgive me and grant me the grace. Do a person who does not know Finnish nor Native American dialects, which a lot of the towns um, that you text me the names of are, are frankly Native American words that I don't know how to pronounce. So there you go. Jeff, welcome back. Well, good morning, Carmen, and thank you so much for that reading in Philippians, uh, one of my favorite books as well. So such an encouragement to listen to that this morning. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Okay, so you and I um, uh, both have concern about young people um, who are experiencing what we call gender dysphoria. And there are some there's some conversations now being had. There are people who have um, experienced gender dysphoria and now have testimonies of their own to bring to bear um, on the conversation. So you and I have read a piece from Newsweek recently about the balance that is necessary in addressing these concerns. Tell us, um, tell us what this individual is sharing with us. Well, yes, you're exactly right. And, and first of all, there's just been such a tremendous falsehood that's been promoted by the transgender movement. And that, that falsehood is essentially that if you are experiencing gender dysphoria, in other words, you feel like you are in the wrong body and that you're the opposite sex of what your body is, the transgender movement will say to you that it's just fine, just transition to your perceived gender. And that is an outright lie. There is absolutely no good medical evidence to support that conclusion. And we don't know a lot about it. We don't know the long-term health consequences of taking things like puberty blockers or cross-sex hormones, or what are the long-term complications of sex reassignment surgery. So that's what this person has written in the Newsweek article, and this is a, a biological female with gender dysphoria that has gone through uh, the transition process to become a transgender male and uh, uh, goes by the name of Scott. And, and Scott, in this article, addresses a lot of the problems with the transgender mu movement and transition. There's, for instance, the complete lack of informed consent. And by that, I mean uh, sitting down with the patient and saying to the patient, here are the positives and here are the negatives of what you're about to undertake. And that's not very often addressed in these gender clinics. And so there are too many individuals that are presenting to these clinics and just being told, here's what you need to do. They're not told about complications. And so uh, Scott in this article raises really some very important points about the fact that the life expectancy is often shortened for these individuals. There's premature death from heart attacks. There's risk of osteoporosis, liver damage, all these kinds of things that are, that are present that, that patients are not told about. And let me just finish that there was a, a great um, court case that was just decided, and, and Scott mentions this in the article, in December of 2020, the highest court in the United Kingdom uh, decided in favor of individuals who had been not given 
good informed consent and had transitioned and they were then suing the largest transgender clinic in the UK and the court decided that in fact it is impossible for individuals under the age of 16 to give informed consent about these gender transition procedures and for individuals 16 and 17 years of age um, they felt that it was important for a court to be involved and a court order to be required so that they could make sure that the individuals were getting proper informed consent. So I, I think there's going to be a lot more individuals like Scott that are going to rise up and begin to talk about the negative side of this whole transgender movement. And we need to then uh, hear them and listen to them and platform them in order that the conversation can move forward in a way um, that is going to be very different, patently different than the conversation was uh, was being had prior to this, because medical professionals and um, and people who are concerned about you know spiritual well being and emotional health and relationships have been raising concerns and alarms about gender dysphoria and the way that it's uh, you know the sort of the mass delusion of our culture related to it. And yet for people who have experienced it and then experienced um, these very negative effects uh, of a culture that is telling them um, to go ahead and change their body chemistry and change their um, their physical appearance using not only hormones but, but very radical surgery, um, for them to be able to then testify that this is not good in a... Um, in a moral sense and in a physical and personal well-being sense, the word good, uh, it's it's a much different conversation that we can have once their testimonies are out there. Absolutely. They are speaking from first-person experience and addressing the fallacies that are out there. This is all experimental, all of it. The, the hormones, the surgeries are all experimental. And we as Christian healthcare professionals do not believe that God makes a mistake by putting a man into a woman's body. It, it has to be, the problem has to be internal in terms of how they're deriving their sense of identity. All right, Dr. Jeff Barrows and I are going to return in just a moment. Let me give a little shout out here uh, to Richard. Richard says, uh, good morning. After 36 years working outside in Roseville, Minnesota, I'm now in southwest Florida where it's 70 degrees. Uh, and I'll be here until April. So thank you so much for the Faith Radio app and starting off my day. Well, Richard, thank you so much for joining us. We also have, let me find this, we also have somebody who's driving a bus today, uh, driving a school bus, pulled over to the side to text. Uh, Dash says minus 19, Watertown, Minnesota. Let's just lift up this precious bus driver today. First of all, I'm so thankful that uh, school buses, I mean, it's so strange to say, are on the road, um, but so glad that kids are back in school. So thankful for those who drive buses, um, praying for you as you have there the sacred trust of all those precious little people. Um, So thank you, thank you, thank you for listening wherever you are across the country today or around the world on the Faith Radio app. Dr. Jeff Barrows and I from the Christian Medical and Dental Association will be right back. Uh, those of you using the text line this morning, first of all, you were right in the spirit of what I had hoped to accomplish, which is that we would know where one another uh, are today and what we're experiencing. I will confess, I don't know know exactly what UFTA means. Paul? U- UFTA? 
Mm-hmm. It's just a Oofta. good Scandinavian, Minnesota Scandinavian <laughs> phrase. Oofta, just, you know. That I can oi, say on Christian or, radio? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Good. Because since think, I think said think it already. Y- the Yiddish okay. oi. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, I am appreciating the every letter gets a voice. Uh, those of you teaching me how to pronounce Oulu. Oulu, Wisconsin. Every letter gets a voice, Carmen. Every letter gets a voice. Well, indeed. Okay, Jeff Barrows is here. He is with the Christian Medical and Dental Association. Jeff, tell us what um, what, what you guys are learning about antibiotics during pregnancy and the ties to youth asthma. Yes, you know, it's been interesting, Carmen, that over the past several years, uh, we've kind of seen some of these blips in the literature, which kind of raise the question uh, that kids that are born to women who take a lot of antibiotics during the pregnancy seem to have had an increased risk of of having childhood asthma. And so at first, uh, you know, like with many things, you think, well, that's just kind of coincidental. It really doesn't have any basis. But there was a study not long ago that was done in Denmark, a very cold place in the world right now. Um, But the reason that this study is important is that Denmark has a national registry of all the births in their country. And so they have very accurate records of what happens with the mother during the pregnancy and what's happening with the child thereafter. And so this particular study looked at pregnancies from 1996 to 2002, over 32,000 pregnancies, to see is there really an association between taking antibiotics during pregnancy and childhood asthma. And they did find a small association. In fact, they found that in the exposed children, the odds of treatment for childhood asthma in the previous year increased by 34% if the mother had taken antibiotics during pregnancy. So in beginning to look at what the mechanism might be that would cause this or bring this about, it probably is not related to the the direct impact of the antibiotic on the baby because they didn't see any association if the antibiotic was taken in the first trimester. They only saw it if it was taken in the second or third trimester, and they also only saw it if it was in a woman that then gave natural birth. And so what that kind of clues us into is that this must be something uh, to do with the change in what's known as the microbiome or the, 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 the normal bacteria in the woman's body because obviously uh, a baby is going to be exposed to completely different bacteria if they're born naturally than if they're born by cesarean section. So it's an inter- interesting correlation. Uh, I certainly wouldn't want pregnant women to to avoid taking antibiotics. I think the takeaway message would be that if they are pregnant, to make sure there's a very good indication for them to take uh, antibiotics and certainly do so, and then be aware that there is this slight association with uh, later childhood asthma. It's not a, a huge increase, but there there is does seem to be some increase, especially if they deliver naturally. And um, and then we have one more pregnancy-related headline um, that I'd like to discuss with you, and that's related to um, African-American women and mortality rates and pregnancy. Um, what's, what's going on here? Yeah, that's a very important question, Carmen, especially with February being Black History Month. And... Uh, 
This, this is a disturbing uh, studies out of the CDC. They have found that maternal mortality in black women is actually three times what it is in white women. And when you look at the actual numbers, we see that about 700 women die each year from childbirth. And at roughly a third is during the pregnancy itself, about a third right around or within a week of the delivery. And then the, the final third is from that week to one year after the, the pregnancy has delivered. And the CDC estimates that about three out of five of these deaths uh, could have been prevented. That's 60% of maternal deaths that could have been prevented. So uh, the Association of Black Cardiologists then convened a panel to look closer as to why this might be happening. And, and your listeners may wonder, well, why are there black cardiologists looking at this? And that, the reason for that is very simple, and that is the, the, the greatest uh, cause of maternal mortality in pregnancy is heart disease. And uh, without going into a lot of detail, they basically found that uh, there's no singular reason for this increased mortality. There's a lot of... Um, a lot of different reasons. Uh, one of them is the lack of access to care. And what they found was, especially in the major cities, uh, that that uh, young black women who might, for instance, be on Medicaid may have to travel long distances to get good medical care because the physicians in their area, in their neighborhood, don't take Medicaid. And so that makes it more difficult for them to, to get good medical care. It makes it more difficult for them to get uh, pre-pregnancy care. And so they often enter pregnancy with these risk factors that haven't been addressed, like high blood pressure, um, maybe a diabetes that isn't well cared for, or obesity that increases their risk. So these, among other, what uh, this uh, cardiology group called social determinants of health, uh, and it's determinants of health by where these people are living. So in terms of their recommendations, obviously they, they think that it's best to, to increase the access of care, especially for black uh, women. And I was really uh, encouraged to see that one of the recommendations is to partner with the faith-based community. In other words, black churches are an important uh, way for um, the, the pastors and the leadership of the churches to encourage these women to get good health care, to engender trust with the health care system, and also be a point of contact to distribute and promote health care information. So uh, a very important point to look at here in Black History Month. All right, for those of you who are um, in any part of the healthcare um, industry, we want you to check out cmda.org. Also, really great stuff there for Christians who want to be equipped in terms of the ethical conversations related to healthcare today. Just great resources um, and just so appreciate our partnership with CMDA, the Christian Medical and Dental Association. Again, you can find them at cmda.org. Jeff, again, thank you so much as always. Great to be with you again, Carmen. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. And Jeff says it's okay for us to go have a cup of coffee because daily coffee actually lowers the risk of heart <laughs> failure. At least one study says so. All right. Thanks, man. All right. We'll be right back. Keep your text coming. All right. This is uh, breaking news. All right. Pay attention. Ears up. Alert, alert, alert. I mean, literally, I mean, we, don't, we don't hardly ever do this. So literally for the very first time, the world is actually going to hear about something here on Mornings with Carmen 
that the world has not heard about yet. I mean, I this is literally breaking news. I don't have any break like a dun 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 any sort of like breaking news little ditty to play for you. Here's what I got. I've got developments in the saga of the Dead Sea Squirrels. Mike Naraki is going to be here to share an announcement that's going to be heard for the very first time right here on Mornings with Carmen. That's up next. This is Max Licato. God never promises the absence of distress on your new beginning journey, but he does promise the assuring presence of his Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit invisibly yet indispensably serves as a rudder for the ship of your soul, keeping you afloat and on track. This is no solo journey that you're on. The Spirit seals you. To protect a letter, you seal the envelope. Sealing declares ownership and secures contents. When you accepted Christ, God sealed you with the Spirit. Ephesians 1.13 says, When you believed, you were marked in Him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. When hell's interlopers come seeking you to snatch you from God, the seal turns them away. He bought you. He owns you. He protects you. God paid too high a price to leave you unguarded. You have the promise and the presence of the Holy Spirit. This is Max Locato. All right, and something that it possibly has never happened before on Mornings with Carmen, we are about to make a an announcement heard first here on Mornings with Carmen. Mike Naraki is with us. You recognize him from uh, the voice of the lovable Larry the Cucumber of VeggieTales fame. Mike Naraki, what is the big drum roll news this morning? Oh, Carmen, thank you so much and uh, so appreciate you being the, the first to to announce this. Uh, but we are launching a uh, Kickstarter campaign starting this morning at 9 a.m. Uh, Central uh, for uh, raising funds for a series for the Dead Sea Squirrels, which is an animated series based off my book series. Uh, so it's it's something, you know, we can get and talk about a little bit more, but I'm so excited that we're launching it today and uh, can't can't wait. All right, so if you're listening right now and you've ever thought to yourself, you know what? I want to help raise the dead. I want to help uh, raise <laughs> right. the dead. Bring I want the, the dead, dead to, to live. Life. There you go. That's the, that's the line. I want to bring the dead to life. This is your yeah. opportunity to, to join in something really, really fun. We've had Mike on to talk about the book series, The Dead Sea Squirrels. And today we're talking about an animated project where they're just there. Well, I'm going to let him tell us what is... Describe the animated series related to the Dead Sea Squirrels book series, um, and then let's get into the characters and the storylines and remind people what this is all about. Sure. So uh, the Dead Sea Squirrels is an early reader series right now. Currently, um, there are six books in the market, uh, seven and eight, book seven and eight release uh, next or in April, early April. And then um, eventually there'll be 12 books. I'm working on book, book 10 right now. Uh, but uh, it, from the beginning, it's been a series that I've wanted to animate. Um, when I, uh, you know, back in the big idea days, um, I wanted to be able to tell stories uh, that included m m more Bible stories that included more New Testament stories. We, we made it early, a very, a very wise decision in the early days to never, uh, Veggie Tales, to never de depict Jesus as a vegetable. <laughs> we just thought that that would be too, 
two um, two out there. Uh, and so um, so this first came to me as an idea to tell more New Testament stories. Um, and uh, I, I initially when when you know in 2016 was my last uh, you know last time I was at Big Idea full time, and started uh, conceiving this as an animated series. My uh, agent Dan uh, Lynch said, "Hey, have you ever thought of this as an early reader series?" And I thought, "Wow, that's a really interesting idea." So I went and researched it. Um, you know, pitched it as an early reader series to Tyndale Publishing in Chicago. They loved it. And, um, you know, just, you know, I've been releasing books uh, since uh, 2019. And so, uh, but, but it's, it's, you know, the, the idea of having this as an animated series has always been there. And so we were able to raise funds for a pilot episode, which we're nearly complete with, based off of book one. Uh, and each, each animated episode will be 22 minutes, a standard TV half hour, uh, which basically reflects each of the books. And so uh, we're nearly done with a, with the first episode, uh, pilot episode, and uh, now launching on to this fundraising campaign to raise the funds necessary to, to animate at least five more. Okay. It's totally fun. My family is absolutely in with you on this. For those of you who are listening and you've never participated in, um, in, in helping crowdfund something. Um, you might be familiar with the series The Chosen. Um, for, many of us participated in crowdfunding the first um, uh, the first season of The Chosen and then got on board uh, seeking to fund the second season of The Chosen, which is supposed to release, uh, I think, at Easter this year. So this is, think of this in a similar way. There's a period of time uh, in this case, between today and the end of March, um, during which uh, Mike and his friends are trying to crowdfund the production of an animated series uh, called The Dead Sea Squirrels. And so it's just a really great opportunity for all of us to help make something happen that we recognize is important. And that important thing is teaching biblical values to the next generation. So talk a little bit about that, Mike. Talk about um, what, you know, what are you trying to do, not just with the books, but with the animated series? Like, what's the goal of the Dead Sea Squirrels series? Yeah, well, I, I mentioned, you know, the opportunity to tell more New Testament stories. The the story kind of behind the world of the squirrels is uh, Merle and Pearl Squirrel uh, were two uh, first century squirrels who took an ill-advised vacation down the Jordan River to the Dead Sea. Merle had always wanted to not float and go visit the Dead Sea. Um, they uh, The squirrels lived during the time of Christ. They experienced, um, you know, the life and ministry of Jesus uh, from a squirrel's eye view in the in the trees in the <laughs> around Galilee. And um, uh, so, uh, but they take this trip to the Dead Sea, they get f f uh, basically mummified, uh, salinated, brined for millennia, uh, they go to <laughs> seek shelter in a, in a cave along the side of the Dead Sea, and basically get stuck there for 2,000, in year, 2000 years. And uh, Michael, who is a modern-day kid uh, uh, at the Dead Sea with his uh, archaeologist dad, um, uh, stumbles upon them with his best buddy, Justin, who's been with him uh, for the summer, and he thinks it'll make him the coolest kids in the fifth grade to have these as souvenirs back home. So he, he takes them back home in his backpack. He sets them up on his dresser, you know, like uh, vacation souvenirs with the window open. They get rained on and reanimate, uh, desalinate, rehydrate, reanimate, and come back to life. 
uh, and basically they're fish out of water in the modern world, but they have this ancient wisdom uh, to to help Michael out as a modern fifth grader uh, in what he's going through and, you know, stories of Jesus and the apostles and, and what they have to say about how we live our lives. And um, so it's it's a great opportunity to bring those biblical values into, into kids' lives in a really fun and modern way. And, um, you know, ever since I've been telling stories, that's been my hope and my, my goal and my dream is to be able to, to tell stories that parents can use as a resource to pass on biblical values to their kids. And uh, I think this is a great opportunity for that. All right. If you follow me on Twitter at Carmen LeBurge, I have tweeted out the Vimeo.com link that you uh, will want to go to to see the promotional video um, and get the links to where you need to head after that. Hey, give them a one-stop shopping today in terms of where to head to get information, and then we're going to come back and continue this conversation in just a moment with Mike Naraki. So, Mike, where should they go uh, in terms of a website to get more information about this project? Yeah, head to DeadSeaSquirrels.com, www.DeadSeaSquirrels.com. Which as of right now, is live, and you it can is live. check it out. You it can is copy live the link. It... You can share it on your yeah. social media. It's really, really fun. Merle and Pearl Squirrel right there. She's got her pearls on. It, it's just, it's darling. It's absolutely, well, the animation will not surprise you um, if you are a historic fan of VeggieTales, and the writing will not surprise you if you're already a fan of Mike Naraki. So, uh, so there you go. We will be right back. Check out DeadSeaSquirrels.com in the meantime. got to dress for the uh, weather today, no matter where you live. Um, I know it's cold where I live, and I know that no matter where you're listening, unless you're listening in Florida, um, because you guys have been uh, texting me from across the country today, I know it's cold where you are. Um, Mike, uh, let me just respond to listeners who very dutifully during the break went to the website and are now, you know, screeching at me. Okay, here's the deal. Mike told you this doesn't actually go live. The Kickstarter doesn't go live until yes. 9 a.m. Central. So you can go to the website right now and you can watch the video. You can um, you can see how cute everything is. But no, you're right. If you go to DeadSeaSquirrels.com yeah. and you try to join the Kickstarter, you can't do yep. that for another hour and uh 16 minutes. minutes or 12 yes. minutes. Okay, it's a countdown. It's a countdown. It's a countdown. We That's talked right. about counting down things yesterday, and so now we got a countdown going on for, um, for this. It's really fun. Mike, talk with us about your passion to communicate the gospel to the next generation, because th- this is, um, you know, it- it's one thing to be able to write clever stories. It's another thing to do so out of a ministry heart. Well, yeah, you know, and um, so I uh, am a professor now. I, I teach at Lipscomb University in Nashville, and I come across students who have grown up on VeggieTales and seeing th- the impact that it's had on their lives um, and, and how it's how, how meaningful it's been to them, that message that Bob and Larry brought to them during their childhoods, that, that God made them special and he loves them very much. Um, it's It's 
amazing to see the power that that has in kids' lives when they when they have the message of the gospel and God's love reflected in the stories that they watch. Um, and that's what I feel I've been called to as my ministry, as my vocation. And to be able to continue to do that with a new generation um, is just uh, it's just you know that that's my my hope and my dream and uh, and my passion. Uh, and so. You know, just uh, it's it's from a storytelling perspective, it's always challenging to tell tell a good story. Uh, but every storyteller tells stories uh, with um, with a worldview, with a theme. Um, and if if I can continue telling stories which which assume there's a God who made us, who loves us, who wants a relationship with us, that gospel message, um, you know, that that's what I want to do in the stories that I tell. Talking with uh, Mike Naraki, who I don't have any idea if we can um, connect with him on any social media. If so, I couldn't find it. So tell us, do you do you <laughs> oh, connect yes. with people on social media? And if so, how and where? Because I just I must not have just looked yes. in the right place. <laughs> well, so yes, I am. So uh, MikeNaraki dot com is my website, and that'll that'll get you to my socials, uh, which Great. is uh, I have a Mike Naraki author page on Facebook, and then also a Mike dot at Instagram. So uh, I'm not a I'm not a, a tweeter, and I'm barely I'm barely social media literate myself, but I'm trying to get there. I'm tr- I'm trying to get to that place. <laughs> so, I know, me too. But, I uh, am I am like there. a Dead Sea squirrel uh, when it comes to. <laughs> When it comes to that, but um, like you, I'm trying. I'm trying to be committed um, to communicating <laughs> with people right. in ways that they find effective. So, yes. um, yeah, so Mike, absolutely. when uh, if you if you could just say, you know, if you could encourage people today um, who right now are feeling maybe they're feeling disconnected from community, maybe they're feeling like, hey, I um, when I was a kid, I believed what I heard in Veggie Tales. Um, that God loves me very much, but I'm not necessarily experiencing that um, in the reality of the world today. Just bring people a word of encouragement. Yeah, you know, I I, I get that. And we've all been dis- disconnected from our communities in one way or the other. Um, but just to know that there is a God who made us, who loves us, who wants a relationship with us, um, I think that is such an important thing to, to be reminded of every day and just to— um, you know, to uh, to be able to, you know, rest in the hope that he is going to, uh, you know, all all of this is going to get better. Uh, eventually, one day we're all going to be with him. There'll be no more sorrow, no more pain. Um, but uh, we, we can live in the assurance today uh, that he is Lord and he is in control of our lives. Yeah, absolutely. All right. We want to invite everybody to uh, visit the launch. You can do so today. DeadSeaSquirrels.com. Uh, the Kickstarter launches at 9 a.m. Central. So for those of you, you know, who like to be first in line, you can go ahead and uh, get in line now. Uh, get ready to click. Um, DeadSeaSquirrels.com. Wanted to celebrate this launch with Mike Naraki uh, and want to want to pray God's blessing over this project. I know that my family is absolutely looking forward to uh, to seeing Merle and Pearl come to life and bring the stories of the New Testament to life for a new generation. Um, so just uh, just love it. And Mike, we're celebrating with you today. Thanks so much for joining us. Carmen, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. It's really fun. All right. We'll be right back. In the eye of the storm, you remain in control.
All right, so many uh, little leftovers to talk about here at uh, at the end of the hour. I want to catch up on uh, on some texts that people have sent from around our listening area. Um, Michelle is thanking us for our prayers this morning. Um, I prayed with Michelle during um, during one of the breaks. The the prayer concern lifted up were for people who are working outside this morning. Um, she is working outside in the Upper Midwest, as are others. Uh, she asked specific prayers for the person controlling traffic in their school parking lot. Others who are outside this morning, where she is at 15 to 17 below, uh, want to lift up um, Michelle and others uh, like her. And yes, for those of you texting in, I did see, I did say Dead Sea Squirrels. That is what I said, and that is the website that you want to check out, Dead Sea Squirrels. It is a book series by Mike Naraki that is now hopefully coming to life as an animated series. Um, Jenny checking in from Mandan, North Dakota, where it's 12 below. She said, well, that's better than Sunday morning when it was 35 below. Uh, and so um, she's invited me up to visit. Yes, well... <clears throat> Not not anytime soon, but thanks for the invite, Jenny. Um, love that you're love that you guys are being so hospitable today. All right, and uh, Mary Rose checking in um, again. Uh, thank you so much. Those of you checking in from oh, I think Jim from Simsbury checked in earlier, um, but because it's above freezing where he lives, I told him that you know it was just gloating. Goat. It was like gloating that he was checking in today from. Uh, from Simsbury. Jim checks in res- regularly from Simsbury. So we, we love to hear from those of you who um, are enjoying the balmy 34 degrees, even if you do have freezing rain. Okay, there we go. That's uh, that's your uh, roundup of info from around the listening area. I have been reading some interesting headlines at religionnews.com. There's a, an article posted there about the religious composition of Biden's cabinet. I encourage you to check that out. We'll lead you to um, consider the number of Catholics and the number of people of Jewish faith that com- uh, that compose Biden's cabinet. And also consider um, there's only one Protestant Christian, and that is a very liberal Protestant Christian, Pete Buttigieg. Um, and there are no evangelicals. And for the first time, there are a number of people who openly acknowledge that they do not, uh, that they are not people of faith, that they have none when it comes to uh, the conversation about faith. That is... Um, that's that's of worldview significance. So that's an interesting article that you might want to read at religionnews.com. Um, I also want to uh, just just highlight for those of you who have been asking, like, where do we turn for for news sources? What where can I go? What can I look at? I'm wondering if um, if you got a newspaper in the mail that you did not subscribe to that you did not order. Paul, did you get one recently? Just curious. No, I have not. Okay. So the Epoch Times actually printed a print version of their um, online paper, and they sent it out unsolicited to people across North America. And uh, in Canada, there were some postal workers who refused to deliver it. And I think that's interesting. There are other people who are upset that they received something in the mail that they did not ask for, that they did not order, that was unsolicited. Um, There are other people who, you know, were thrilled to get it. So I just want to lift up that question to you this morning. 
Um, were you one of the people who got an unsolicited copy, print copy of the Epoch Times? How do you feel about that? You can let me know. Send me an email. I'd love to hear from you on that topic. Um, and how do you feel about postal workers refusing to deliver particular pieces of mail? I, I can't imagine postal workers refusing to, to deliver, um, I don't know, smutty magazines, but apparently they are unwilling to deliver some uh, pieces of distributed News. Is it news? I These are good conversations and questions uh, for us to consider and ask. Um, I represented an organization that printed a publication for a number of years for a particular constituency across the country. Um, and we had um, uh, news ha- or mail handlers at particular institutions who refused to distribute our material into Um, the mailboxes of, let's say, seminary students, Um, even though the seminary students had asked for this piece of mail. And so I'm familiar, I'm familiar with the refusal of those who handle mail to refuse to deliver some, but curious to know how you how you think uh, and feel about that. You can always let me know on the text line 877-933-2484 or email me if your comments are long, um, or if you've got links that you'd like me to look at, you can email me, Carmen at MyFaithRadio.com. I have loved the engagement that we've had over the text line this morning. My prayers are going to continue for you um, on this cold day. I expect your prayers to continue for me as well. It has been a warm time together. Know that um, I love you. I appreciate you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing the show with somebody else. Have a great day. God bless. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.